0: Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Adam Homie. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into four categories. The first category are entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. The second category, marketing and business coaches. The third category, folks who help others build their businesses, such as anything with a designer in it, such as web designer, graphic designer, layout designer, social media managers, marketing and business coaches, anybody who helps others succeed at the game of marketing. And the fourth category are the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and like to keep your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at marketing and business at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, please take a moment to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Like us, give us five stars. Every five star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about planning, pricing, promoting, and profiting from live seminars. This is a very hot topic with not only my clients, but a lot of people in general. Live in person events like seminars are a tougher sell than ever, and the reason for that is webinars, webcasting, and other technology make it so easy for your potential attendees to get all the learning they need from the comfort of their home. Why would they come out to a live event if they can turn on a webinar and watch that? All those flights, hotels, cab rides, and out-of-town expenses add up quick not to mention the opportunity cost of taking time away from their offices. In fact, that's the reason I recently moved to Las Vegas, because I need to be closer to the action in the industry, because it was all those flights, hotels, cab rides, and out-of-town expenses that were adding up. So if your target market forced to pick and choose which live events they can afford, and everybody's pretty much now immune to the pitch fest, how can you plan and structure and choose a registration fee for and promote a profitable seminar? So today... We are very excited to have with us Sherry Sokolowski, who is the founder of SLS Event Planning and Consulting, LLC, and is the previous event manager and planner for Glazer Kennedy's Insider Circle. And Sherry is going to reveal for us from some priceless insights on how to put together your next live event, and I know that not only am I going to be your host, I'm also going to be a student right along with you taking notes. I'm probably going to listen to this on the podcast on iTunes several times myself because this is a topic that I am very interested in because several of my clients are doing live events, and I'm looking to do some live events towards the end of 2014 myself. So, Sherry, uh, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing very well, Adam. How about yourself?
0: Uh, living large and in charge all day long. So, uh, we, uh, so this is a 60 minute show and I know you have a ton of information for us, so I'd like to kind of jump right in here. But before we do so, let's take a step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. Just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to the point where you are today working to help entrepreneurs and business owners with event planning and consulting.
1: Well, I have a very interesting background. I, as you mentioned earlier, I worked for Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle. I was Bill Glazer's right-hand person. I was executive assistant to start out with about, going on eight, nine years ago. And right. he treated that position as a, I guess, an, you know, an apprentice position. He pretty much said, anything I want to learn, he'll teach me. And when you have someone like right. Bill Glazer say that to you, it's it's pretty awesome. So about a year into being his executive assistant, he wanted me to start learning how to put how to do the events for him because as you know, they were very very popular for national events and he always yeah. hired an outside event planner. And he had hired this one uh individual and told her right up from the beginning that I was going to be her shadow and she was to teach me all the tricks in the trade of doing events, negotiating contracts, picking the right site selections, you know those kinds of things, what to look out for. So for a full year, for about two and a half events, that's what I did with her. And she told me all kinds of details, and it was the best way to learn because it was on-the-job training. And then I took from what I learned by working side-by-side from her and tweaked it and made it my own because I had the advantage of working side-by-side with Bill and being his assistant as well as he and I would sit down on a weekly to biweekly basis before each event to go over the agenda. So I knew how to put an agenda together for an event that worked smoothly, how in the proper places to put different speakers and different topics, the best place to put things when you're trying to sell a high-dollar item, all of these tricks of the trades that a marketing person really needs to know, I was taught by Bill himself. So I had the best of both worlds in my experience. So for the last seven-plus years of working at Glaser Kennedy, I was their event manager and planner, where I not only did their events for them, but I was still Bill's assistant. I was side-by-side side with him and all of each speaker that we had at each event and being able to learn all the tricks of the trade from each one of those when they spoke from the stage. And I managed the staff on site as well. So I handled all the logistics, all of the backstage items, and learned myself, as you said, being the student. Every single event, I learned something new.
0: I love that. And for our listeners, I think you kind of get the gist of why we specifically wanted to bring Sherry on for this topic. By learning from Sherry, you are, by extension, learning directly from Bill Glazer. And I don't really think that there's anything in the world that's better than that. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide for our listeners the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses and win the game of marketing. Now, a lot of our listeners tell me that they have everything they need to succeed except time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue for your clients and customers when it comes to putting on live events?
1: Of course. It's it's an issue for everybody, business owners, uh, homeowners, uh, anybody you can think of. There's not enough time, not enough money in the world to get things done. And when someone approaches that issue with me, I ask them, you know, it, it doesn't matter when it comes to an event. Anytime you're trying to market your business, whether it's through direct mail, online marketing, any any kind of factor, time and money in is an issue. And when it comes to putting on a live event, you want to kind of uh, leverage it, in other words, because live events right. do multiple things. You know, it's not just about marketing your next big product. If you want to do a product launch, whether it's a new product itself or a marketing uh, um like a mastermind group, anything like along those lines, that's all that you can leverage at an event as well as when you do direct mail and online marketing. But the big thing when it comes to doing a live event will make up for the time and money is the fact that you get to be in front of them, live and in person, and make that personal connection. That is money that you can't really put a... You can't put a, a dollar amount on that, really, because if you're trying to build you know everybody knows bill glazer in the entrepreneurial world as the marketing guru expert him and dan kennedy over the years they got right. that way because they did multiple live they found so many different ways to get themselves in front of people through live events teleseminars webinars everything i'm not saying don't do webinars but don't let that be the only way that you get in front of people
0: sure Sure, I, and, I, and I get that totally. I like to go to events myself. In fact, part of the reasons I mentioned a moment ago is that I moved across the country to Las Vegas because I needed to be near where all that action is happening. I know when I go to a live event, I get regenerated by – all Mm -hmm. the new connections i make even if it's refreshing some old connections but i'll always meet new people i'll reconnect with people i met before but now we're at a different level because we're both at different places which is very exciting i'll get to see new strategies new techniques and i'll just get the energy and the inspiration that comes from being at the events and the remark I typically make whenever I'm getting ready to leave an event is, you know, on, on the one hand, I'm so glad to be here. On the other hand, I can't wait to get the hell out of here and start implementing some of this stuff because I am just, <laughs> I'm just excited and on the edge of my seat. And, right. uh, and the corollary reason that I moved to Las Vegas so I could be so much nearer to all this action between Las Vegas and Los Angeles and San Diego is because now, after I leave the event, I'm not losing an entire day of my life dealing with all the nonsense that you associate with airline travel. I simply get in my car, mm-hmm. drive a few hours, and I'm home, and I'm ready to go. I mean, I got home yesterday from James Melanchek's Big Money Speaker. I got home around noontime Pacific, and I just, I, just, uh, I just took the tolls and jumped right in and got started. There was no need for recovery. There was no need for any of that. So in right. a way, I've re- I have, I have you know, repurposed my entire life and rearranged my living situation around being at live events, which is why this is so exciting for me. So let's start with the basics. Uh, okay. Aside from everything that you and I have both already shared, why is it important to put on a live event?
1: Well, uh, reemphasizing what I just said a moment ago, it gives you the only way possible to make that personal connection with your clients or customers. There's no right. no better way to do it. And by doing so at a live event, you're the host. You're the person that they're coming to see. And when the basics of putting on a live event is you're building that trust and that leadership position with your clients and customers. Because, like you said, you went to a James Malincheck event a, few day, a couple days ago. You know, People go to him yeah. because they know his name. They know his reputation. They know what he stands for. They know what he has to teach from stage. They know his popularity and his celebrity that he has, and he utilizes that when he promotes his events. So yeah. you want to give that opportunity to – to yourself, if you're looking a lot of people come to me, a lot of clients come to me and say, okay, I'm, I want to put on an event for the first time. And we go back to, well, why do you want to do it? You know, what sets yourself apart from everyone else? Because, like you said, there's only so many events people want to go to because of the cost that it, 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 with travel, time away from their business, all of these kinds of factors. So you have to set yourself apart. And by putting on this live event, you get that trust factor, you get that leadership building, you make that personal connection. And it is my opinion, the best way to sell a high-dollar item for the first time around. Um, For example, if you have a mastermind group that you already, or a product, any type of service that you have to offer that you already have pre-existing clients or customers that you work with, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on that particular object that you're selling from stage, but if you bring them to the event Most times, they'll be included in the coaching membership that they have. However it is, you get them there, and you have live testimonials from them. They'll sell it for you.
0: Exactly, and I love all the points you made. What I'd like to do here – now, again, Sherry, that all makes perfect sense for our listeners. Now, if I may, let me stand this on its head for just a moment and maybe play devil's advocate. What are some reasons that perhaps you shouldn't do a live event –
1: you should not do a live event if you don't have a big enough list. And, uh, okay. again, going back to how people contact me and they want to put an event on for the first time, I'll ask them, you know, how large is your list? Because you have to treat a live event just as you would when you do any other marketing piece. You have to, right. if you want to get, say, 20 or 30 people, it depends on what your your click-through ratios are on your online marketing. Um, anytime you do a direct marketing piece, I know that's, like a dinosaur uh, terminology now in days, but people still do it and should do it. What is your response rate when you reach out to your customers and your clients? You have to reach a large amount in order to get a certain response. So in order for you to get the best ROI, your return on investment, in putting on a live event, you have to be able to market to a huge list. And if you want an example of that, it depends on what size event you want. If you want to start small, an intimate, meaning anywhere from 25 to 75 people in the room, then my opinion, you want to be able to market to at least three times that amount of people. Because uh, you're going to have, not only are you going to have people who don't respond, but you'll have people who will procrastinate to the last minute, so you'll have nail-biting times all the way up to the event wondering if mm-hmm. you're ever going to buy. And then you're going to have right. those who do who do register And then all of a sudden something happens and they don't come. So you have a no-show ratio that you have to deal for. And if you don't have enough people to connect with, and what I mean by that is um, people like James Malinchak, for example, they have multiple connections. And um, when Bill Glazer and Dan Kennedy put on events, they had multiple connections. So when they have speakers coming, they have the speakers market to their list, letting them know, I'm going to be speaking at James Malinchak's event on so-and-so date, I want you to be there. And they get people to register for the event that way. So if you don't have enough connections to get people in, then I say to you, work on building your list. Once you have a good three times the amount of the butts and seats that you want to market to, then let's go talk about it. And you also want to make sure when you talk about time and money that you give yourself enough time. Not a lot of people realize how much time it takes to really market an event properly you need to give yes. yourself at least 3 to 6 months 6 months is a good key number to market because you have to have enough marketing in your funnel to get people in the seats
0: right absolutely that i mean recently i was invited to speak in an event and there were approximately 2 weeks to actually promote the event from the time it was launched to the time it was supposed to happen, and even right. I'm thinking they're going to get 35 seats in this, 35 people in this thing. I don't think so. So about three days later, it was decided to reschedule the event for three months <laughs> out. Now I'm thinking, okay, this will work. <laughs> now we're going to fill. Now we're going to fill this event because now we have time to do it. And just to big piggyback on the one thing you mentioned there, very quickly, um, I'm getting invited to speak at many more events now because the speaking side of my business is really taking off. And if you invite me to be your speaker, I'll promote your event. Absolutely. Because I want to get people there. I want people to see me being a speaker, being a recognized authority. So not only Mm -hmm. am I doing you the honor of helping to contribute great content for your event, but I'll help you get some people in that event because I want people to know I'm there. I want them to see me there. If they've been looking for an excuse to meet me in person, I want to give them that excuse or that reason. That's Mm -hmm. That's almost second nature. But yeah, you raise a good point about the planning and having to already have sort of the foundation in place to get ready to move. And if you don't have those, then it might be a good suggestion to work on building those and then do it with the aim you're going to do a live Mm -hmm. event. Does that sound like a fair statement?
1: It, it is a fair statement, and great ways of building that for those that that want to know. Okay, Sherry, well, how do I build from that? You know, I'm just starting out because you said in the beginning, your audience sometimes are are just you know business owners that are starting out, small business owners, business coaches, and designers. Well, for those that are just starting out, you mentioned earlier about how webinars and teleseminars and things like that are a little bit more cost effective. Those are great right. ways to start building your list. And, you know, you can also do guest speakers on those and get the guest speakers on those webinars to promote to their list. And continue to do so. If you don't ask those people to promote to their list, then you're losing out on an opportunity to reach that market. And a, a I'll great also way throw to throw in do online things. radio
0: shows yeah to yeah. also throw an online radio show is a very easy way to do this uh in terms of mm-hmm. growing our business here, the majority of our marketing efforts are currently spent on a radio show. I mean we have plans for sponsorship, we have plans for getting into other markets as well, and we've been working very hard on building the foundation and building an audience for it, which is very important for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to planning your live event agenda, marketing plan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what are some things that need to be in place? What is the plan that actually need to have in place, if you will?
1: Okay. So bes- besides you figuring out if your list is large enough, the next question I ask folks are what sets you apart from everyone else? Like what is that draw? What are What are going to draw people to come to you and not all the other multiple marketing events that are going on out there? There's so many things for people to choose from. What's going to be the thing that brings people to you, especially if you're just starting out in an events? And right. that's something that you have to, to think about, and you also have to think about what your content's going to be. As you said in the beginning of your show, people are immune to the pitch fest. And, and, right. and pitch fests come from an inexperienced host. And what I mean by that is you can very easily sell a number of items at an event without it being and sounding like a pitch fest. And you do it through proper marketing, and you do it through proper soft selling And it, it happens from the very beginning. So when you put your plan into action, you first, okay, how many people do I have to market to? What is my topic going to be? What's going to be that draw, that theme that's going to make people want to come? And then you have appropriate topics based on that. Whether it's going to be, and I always strongly recommend it. You would probably laugh when I tell you this, Adam. That there are so many people who put on an event that don't want to speak a lot. They want other people to speak. And I say <laughs> to them, I, crazy? I laugh <laughs> because
0: I know it's true.
1: It's very true. And I ask them, well, why, well, why is it that you don't want to speak? And it could be very well that they're not comfortable, they're inexperienced, they just know they want to put on an event. And you know that's okay. You can still put on a live event if you are not a speaker yourself or you're just starting out. And what you do is you go out and you have, if you have a great relationship with some other partners out there in the industry, you bring them in and you have them help you host it. But make certain, 100% certain, that you are the host. You're the one on stage. You're the limelight. You're the expert. You're the guru, even if you're not the one speaking a whole lot. But I always try to let people know that they are the ones that've got to have the topic, the hot topics, especially if they're trying to get trying to build their self in the industry. So make sure you have the appropriate market to match. It's just like when you do direct marketing and online sales, you have to make sure that you're marketing to the right audience. So you might have this large list, but if you're introducing a topic to them that doesn't match, you're not going to get anybody to come to the event as well as picking the right speakers, other speakers that you want to come. You not only have to make sure they have the right topic, but you want to make sure that they're not competing against what you're selling or talking about or what any other speaker are selling or talking about because then you'll have a problem on your hands. You also want to make sure that you review the different topics that they're going to talk about so that nothing is inappropriate to your audience and it's going to turn them away because you only have one chance to make a first impression. And if you don't have – I've I've seen it happen so many times where people will come – and you're not going to make everyone happy – because everyone has different opinions. So if you have a topic or someone on stage talking about something that someone else is not happy with, that's okay. It happens. But you have to make sure you're going to be happy with it and that it suits what you're trying to get across to the audience. So you put all that into place. You put it down in an agenda and a topic list where you you do not want to have more than, say, two selling people, two or three selling people in one day if you're only doing – A 8-to-5 event or something like that. You just really want to plan out your agenda to where people aren't even realizing they're getting sold, Kai. And then, like I said before, with the marketing plan, make sure you give yourself a good three to six months to market because if you're looking for the proper registration fee because the registration price is where you get your money, part of where you get your money, it's not the only place where you get your money, but you want to plan it out in a way where you have a special price in the beginning for a certain amount of time, and then usually that's thirty to forty-five days, and then from there you mark it again for a different price, and then you can you continue that avenue until it comes up to the actual event. And you can't do that if you like you said, put it on within two we- two weeks or thirty days. It's just not <laughs> enough time. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that's true. And when you do that, like that early bird, that graduated price increase, it gives you several. Different scarcity points in the marketing where you can say, "Hey, price goes up in three days," and you can get some, you know, several bursts of registration. We've done that several times with our clients, and just in the way you've answered that question, Sherry, you have essentially—if I were to take this interview and get it transcribed—you've given me the notes that I otherwise would have taken on some of the recent events that I've attended or some of the events I've seen, in terms mm-hmm. of how they structure things and what they're doing to sell, but makes people at the same time feel like they're really getting the content because, yeah, if you are at an event and people are not making you offers, that event is a waste of everybody's time. If it feels like all they're doing is making offers, then it's very poorly planned. So you just have to find that right balance. And my advice to people would be to get out there and attend some events and see how it goes And learn how to do this. Uh, There are events everywhere. Everybody's doing an event. You have no reason not to get into some events and watch your technique and see what works and what doesn't. Now, before we go to the next question, I just want to, something else came to mind here. And Mm -hmm. James Malinchak teaches this and this is the point that I see a lot of people miss. And I didn't even think about this until he pointed it out. After lunch, you know what happens after people go to lunch, right? They uh oh, yeah. you know, first of all, they're already on edge because they probably all had to cram into that same overpriced restaurant in the hotel because mm-hmm. otherwise it would have been too far for them to travel. And then when they come back, they've just eaten. So that's wreaking havoc on their metabolism, their energy levels, and yeah. people are going to start dozing off right in their seats. I mean, I found it Myself in situations, I'll be sitting in that seat, and I'll just be like uncontrollably dozing off to the point where I have to leave the room. And mm-hmm. what James does, and I thought this was brilliant, but I see so many other people miss this, is after lunch, do a very short session, 30 minutes, what? 45 minutes, and then get them out on a 15-minute break, just enough to get them back in there and give them some value, but then let them get up and stretch around and you know, get an energy ju- bolt juice or something just as they're about to doze off. Now, exactly. I think that's brilliant, and mm-hmm. I want to see every event do that from now on instead of cram people in a room and say, okay, we're back from lunch, and we're rolling up our sleeves, and we're doing all afternoon here. What are some, yeah. just a couple, real quick, a couple other little things that, like that, are so common sense, you miss them until someone points them out to them that mm-hmm. people may want to consider when playing their live events?
1: I am so glad you brought that up, Adam, because that is a great opportunity for many things that you can do for your event. And I'll tell you a few of those. I tell clients a lot, you know, when they plan out their agenda, they don't give enough time for breaks. Uh, for example, if you have a majority of women-only events where it's 80 to 90 percent women, you know what happens when they go on a break. Not only they're catty yeah. and they've got to go to the bathroom, or they're talking while in their bathroom. So 15 minutes is not long enough for that, as well as depending on the, the bathroom situation there might not be enough stalls. So to talk through the break, the number of breaks. So and I bring that up for many reasons. Not only for people to, to, to realize that, but when they come back from lunch, if people decide not to stay in the hotel and eat there, or they have to go off site because there's just not enough restaurant opportunities on site, you want to give enough time for the lunch. And usually that's no less than an hour and 15 minutes. An hour and a half is ideal. But you're still going to have stragglers coming back because they'll spend that whole time out there talking to other people or eating. Then they realize, oh, I've got to make a phone call or I want to go to my room and freshen up. So you have stragglers coming in. And the worst right. possible speaking time when you are, are booking speakers for your event, they're like, I do not want after lunch because they know exactly what you mentioned. People are falling asleep or people don't show up on time. So all because of those logistics, These are the things that I recommend. And they are not only doing what James Malachek does, which is the 30 to 45-minute session. Make that session one of the following, and that is do a Q&A where you, the host, are on stage giving an opportunity to folks to come up to the mic and ask you any questions they want to ask you. You can always say, based on the topics we talked about this morning, if you've got some questions that's been lingering in your mind that you didn't get a chance to ask me on break, Come up to the mic, and you'll get that opportunity. People love that because they're coming to see yeah. you okay so to make that opportunity yeah. available and that half hour will go by so quickly that it you're gonna have a full room. it's going to be energized because people are getting what they want, not listening to someone speak. They're getting what they want. Another
0: thing Jerry, if may do, real quickly show sure. real quickly, real quickly here. There's one thing that jumps to mind here. We're talking about energy levels and people falling asleep and every other mm-hmm. thing going on because they just came back from lunch or they're frazzled because of the go-out-and-get-lunch experience. If you do something interactive like a Q&A or everybody go around and say their aha moments, that in mm-hmm. itself is also going to keep people awake because it's interactive. Yep. And if I have an aha moment, you know I'm going to be holding my hand up or I'm going to be standing up or doing whatever okay. I need to do saying, get that mic over here. I ain't going to fall asleep yep. for that.
1: Yep, yeah. exactly. It, I'm sorry, that's, I just that's had, to, I had
0: the pounce on that. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was going to be my very next thing, do the ahas. You know, do the Q&A. Yeah. Then you could say, okay, does anybody have any ahas? Because not only are you going to get an aha from what you've heard earlier in the day or the previous day, but you might have gotten an aha based on the question that was just asked. And yeah. that not only is that valuable to your attendees to keep them awake and get the energy going to bring them into the next session, but if you have, if you're, if, and I say if because some people don't want to invest this money to audio or video record their events. But if you do, which I highly recommend that you do, have a camera in front. It could be someone just holding it and capture these moments because that will sell your next event. Okay, that's a little tidbit there I wanted to throw out for people that are putting on events. When you're talking about ROI, that's huge. So a lot of people miss those you know they just think that when people write down their their little aha's that used to be a big thing back in the day where they would put aha papers in their registration bags write down your aha well nobody reads that but you you need it to be public you need the energy to get out there you need people to realize that people are loving what you're doing for them so those are great yeah. energy boosters another great energy booster would be to have um some kind of i've seen this happen this has become a lot very popular is to use this opportunity to do some kind of a giveaway it also gets people back into their seats on time you can do the giveaways in multiple ways to make it fun you can put while they're at lunch, you can tape things underneath the chairs so that people are getting excited at looking. I mean, I've seen this like kids in the room, looking, oh, I don't have this. One. Oh, I got it. Oh, no, I, that's supposed to be my seat. You know, those kinds of things to so where you get them interacting, bringing them up on stage. You can do raffle tickets. It's something that kind County used to do all the time where you get raffle yes. tickets handed in when you register. And you could do yes. raffle ticket drawings. Uh, during this to get their energy level, because people always want to win something it's it's just the way it is it's in our nature to to want to win something that's another oh, way. Yeah. do games yeah. on stage yeah. um, where you have your m c whether it's yourself, the host, or someone else MCing for you. you have that person up on stage doing a game where you get a couple of volunteers to come up on stage and do a game, and the game could be anything like uh scene where you you talk about whether it's the host. Is this a true and false, a true or false statement? The host is a big, you know, Jets fan, for example, or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you get them to volunteer, and it's it's getting interaction. Anything that's going to get the audience up, awake, alive, and interacting with you is multi, many multiple ways of getting the energy level up. And you can, as long as you plan out your agenda properly, that will work. If you don't print out your agenda properly, it will eat into valuable time. So that's something that you got to think about, too, logistically.
0: Yeah, and, and as I warned our audience, I would be taking notes along with them, and we are getting such just incredible information here. We're already halfway through, so I'm going to pick up the pace here ever so slightly and make sure we get everything in. But one thing I want to mention just real quick. Whenever you mm-hmm. attend an Armin Morin event, like such as his WebCamp Lives is what he now calls them, he, when you register for the event, you're given a ticket with a number. You are responsible for keeping this, that physical ticket. You have to print it out and have it with you. You can stick it in your name badge or you're in your pocket or your binder or whatever. You have to have that with you. And the way he gets people in the room on time is, let's, like, let's say he needs you back from break at 2.30. At 2.30, he is up on stage. He has the microphone in his hand, and he is reaching into the hat and pulling out a number. If he pulls your number... And it's time for you to win the prize. You have to be there with your ticket, or you do not get the prize. There is no hold on a minute. They're out in the hall. You have to be in the room. There is mm-hmm. no. I have my number memorized. No, 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 no. All those conditions must be met. I met. I missed out on a MacBook once because I forgot to bring my ticket down for one of the sessions. And another time, <laughs> I won one of those HDMI setups that allows you to remotely program your TV to work off your laptop. So, uh, oh, wow. seriously. Yeah, so seriously, that that just jumped in my mind. It's like an aha moment I had while listening to you (laughs) is do gifts and be very strict, very much in integrity, and very matter-of-fact about the rules for winning those gifts that involve people having to be in the room. And and if they're real gifts, like you're giving away iPads, you're giving away Kindles, you're giving away Mm -hmm. iPods, you're giving away something that people would actually get excited about, not a certificate right. for 30 minutes of coaching because everybody knows that's an upselling session. We'll talk about upselling here in a <laughs> few minutes. But something that's just fun, like, hey, who doesn't yeah. want an iPad? Who doesn't want a laptop? And even, I mean, if I want an iPad, even if I already had an iPad or even if I hated iPads, I'd be thinking eBay, cha-ching, or ah, Christmas or, gift taken care of. Yeah, re-gifting,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. so smart entrepreneurs leverage live events to grow their businesses, as we know. How do you leverage that live event to maximize the return on investment for your business? The
1: the multiple ways that you can do that is touching base on what I spoke about earlier and that is selling a high dollar item of your own at the event. Uh you know, it's it's good to have other speakers there selling, but it's their it's their product. So yeah, you'll be getting a portion of that, but in order for you to continue your reputation with the and con- continue your connection with the attendees, it has to be something that you're selling big thing I see a lot of people do are their coaching I know you you mentioned a lot of business coaches are your clientele and a lot of listeners
0: right Live yeah. events
1: are the perfect opportunity to sell your mastermind and business coaching opportunities because it gives right. you a way to introduce it in a way where you can do hot seats from stage. You can have your already existing clients who are your coaches or your your clientele that are part of that on stage or come up to the mic and talk about how they've helped how you've helped them with X, Y, and Z. Give live examples of, of how things have worked. Another way of course is the number one way of them getting there and that's a registration fee. A lot of people Will do well. I'll do a a non. uh, I'll do a refundable seat deposit. Those are really really hard sells. I do not recommend them for first time event planners or uh, event hosts. It's really oh oh. You you mean
0: you mean the thing where I pay ninety seven dollars and I promise to be there, and then if I show up, I get my ninety seven dollars back.
1: Yeah, exactly. That is such such a hard sell. I would only recommend that if you've got a huge following and a loyal customer base. And what I mean by that is if you have a webinar where people show up when they say they're going to show up, then they'll definitely show up at a live event. Another great way is if you have special seating or special – say, luncheon or something for, like, VIPs. VIPs is a huge thing. They pay an extra amount of money, and they get special seating right up front by the front center of the stage. They get a special lunch with you, you only, or having other speakers attend that lunch with you where they get an opportunity to to ask questions, that kind of thing, or just network with one another, or special VIP uh, reception where they get to network with one another and the VIPs and you treat them to a couple of cocktails. You also, another great way also is to sell the recordings of the event to those that are there. Um, especially if you're doing breakouts, if you're doing multiple speakers, not everybody can attend. It. It's you know multiple speakers at one time. So if you offer your your recordings, whether it's video or audio, that's another great way. And you you know you say that it's not going to be offered to anyone else. But if you take bits and pieces of programs, you can resell that as a product later just not the event itself. Another great opportunity is exhibits and sponsorships. I've had clients that I've worked with before where I've, I've uh, helped them sell sponsorships of coffee breaks or a lunch where you have a speaker come in and speak during the lunchtime and they take care of the lunch. Um, that helps you with your food and beverage minimum that you have to meet. They're paying for that. Um, so it's no money out of your pocket. They're actually paying that. It helps you stay a little bit closer in the black instead of the red. Uh, another great opportunity for your ROI is hiring a professional event planner when they come time for negotiating your contract so that you get multiple concessions, rebates, and commissions that you get back at the end of the day when it comes to paying your bill.
0: Right, right. That I like that because a professional event planner may also have connections, as you said, that help you get the discounts on certain things mm-hmm. if you try to do it yourself because if, you know, a professional event planner may be bringing 20 or 30 events into that hotel, so they're probably going to have a negotiated discount they can pass on to you. Whereas if you do it yourself showing up for the first time, they may think, oh, noob, uh, we'll just charge them full price for everything and let them think that's the mm-hmm. way it is. Or if they try and be smart with us, You know, smart in terms of negotiate, we'll fight them tooth and nail. Whereas, because you know, they're bringing in what event? Big deal. (laughs) I mean, that that's the way that's the way hotels look at it. Because I, again, I have some experience myself. uh, When I worked for a behavioral health managed care organization, I was the event planner for consumer and provider trainings working with venues. And those things were there, too. Once I had relationships with certain venues, it was a snap to get in. And there were discounts and extras thrown in and preference to scheduling and all these other things. And if you showed up and said, hey, we have our series planned, I have seven dates in front of you, uh, in front of me, can we book these seven dates, you'd be amazed how, Oh, of course, absolutely. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. absolutely fit you in there. Whereas, if I had shown up as a one timer without that established relationship, they might have actually tried to say, "Well, uh, the Kiwanis Club booked this one, so you're—we <laughs> don't really need you," or something like that. And I'm not putting down the right. Kiwanis Club, I'm just saying because somebody actually used that line on me once. To so say, "We understand that uh, we understand that your event changes lives, but the Kiwanis Club wants to have their mixer, so we can't have you." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've, yeah I've I, 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 think, I think in one way yeah. they were
0: just shilling off. I, and, and I didn't like what they said about the Kiwanis Club. I'm just using that as sort of a facetious example that actually happened. Now, going along with all this, the number one question I hear from my clients who do live events, from people I know who mm-hmm. do live events, and then also tying with this whole thing of how do we sell without it turning into a pitch fest is right. what's the upsell. I mean, say they get their butts in the seats, you know, the event planner, the event organizer, or the host gets people's butts in seats with some sort of ticket price, whether it's four ninety seven or three ninety seven or the $97 if you promise to show up and then we give it back, or they even do this thing where they give you 10 different ways you can get in for free if you're smart and then just charge you for food. And then the idea is they're really going to make their money on upselling them in the room. So what do we need to know about planning that upsell and coming up with one, that actually will work, understanding that, you know, there is no one-size-fits-one upsell. But what's some of the thought Mm -hmm. process that should go into that to help people come up with an upsell that will actually work?
1: A great way to make sure that your upsell is going to work is to do a constant soft sell from the very beginning. And I know James Malachek is is, uh, pretty well known for this. He's gotten better and better over the years. And what I mean by that is when you start marketing – To get people to get butts and seats as we're talking, you start your soft selling then. You want to draw interest into getting people there based on the topics and presentations that you're going to present to them. And then when they're there, you also, when I talked earlier about market match, not only does the topics and theme of the event have to match the audience, but it also has to be something they understand right and what i mean by that is let's let's go back because i think this will hit with a lot of your audience let's go back to coaching and masterminding. okay let's say right. you're 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 just trying to get into an audience where um or a clientele that are kind of new new to you or new to the industry it's very very because i've seen this happen i'm going by example here if you don't ask and this is part of soft selling you know raise your hand kind of thing as you're doing your presentations. Who here in the audience has ever heard of mastermind or coaching before? And you look around, you see how many people have raised their hand. And you base that on how you talk to the audience through the entire rest of the event. So you have to make sure that you ask these kind of questions throughout, you know, as you're doing your housekeeping, your announcements, those kinds of things. You know, our topic today is going to be about this. How many people in the audience are familiar with what that is? That helps your other speakers as well so they know how to present if you have speakers that don't sit in the room and listen, um, you know, just ask these questions as you're going by because if people don't understand what it is that you're talking about or trying to sell, they're not going to buy. You're, you have to go through and you give examples on what you mean. So if for example, if they don't and never heard of coaching or, or they've heard of it, but they don't understand exactly what it means. Or what is a mastermind? What's that all about? then do a, a small example of what that is on stage. Um, again, going back to having, I'm sure at least you have a couple or a handful of people you have already working with that can help you sell this from stage. You do a mini hot seat. You have people fill out hot seat applications from the very beginning. A lot, Anybody who comes to an event is looking for help, whether it's to market their business, to grow their business, to understand their business, ask the right questions on this hot seat application and have them fill it out and turn it in by a certain point. And then you pick from that and you have one or two come up on stage, maybe even three or four throughout the event, and that's soft selling. You're actually showing and presenting what it's all about from stage. And that's that's your upsell without you even having to pitch because you're having people sell it for you. If it's other things, whether it's a product, an information product that you're trying to sell or a product launch or a new e-learning, anything that you're trying to sell for the first time, teach a little bit. Teach a little bit about what it is from stage. Get people to want more. Get them to understand it. It's just like the difference between a pitch fest and, and content speaking. You give them a lot of what they're needing and what they're looking for, all the way up to the point of where they need more, they want more to take it to the next step. And that's where the upsells come from.
0: I like that, and I like that way of thinking. So, you know, you think about what you're doing from the very beginning to plan the sale, to plant seeds in people's minds that they want to Take that upsell because if you start screaming, Buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, mm-hmm. of course, you're not going to buy your stuff. And you're going to say, This is the pitch best, I'm out of here. And then you have people right. going to the back of the room, turning in their binders, taking you up on the I'm not satisfied, this doesn't meet my needs refund. And you certainly don't want to see any of those happen at your event. That's a very bad thing. At the same time, uh, if you make people feel that this is exactly what they need, they're going to be very ready for it. Now just one quick follow-up question on this. I go to a lot of events and at some point in one of the sessions, there's going to be they're going to spend about an hour and a half or so I find usually and they spend it on this is what my mastermind looks like, this is the experience. Sometimes they'll give a tour of their house, sometimes they'll, you know, show videos from it or things like that. And then they'll walk through step by step all the things that are in the membership site, all the Meetings, all the webinars. Whatever, you know, you know how many times a month do you get a hold of me. They'll have a couple people in the audience raise their hand and tell people how great it is and things like that. In terms of the event, when's a good time to do that?
1: Uh, my opinion, you sprinkle it throughout the event.
0: If okay. you have a,
1: a, if for example, on average, it's usually a two-day event, sometimes a three-day event. So the first right. day, you take a content. Um, spot for yourself, and you talk uh a few minutes about how that particular topic relates to mastermind okay um especially since we're talking about that topic or whatever it is you know you take that content presentation and you take a few minutes and you connect it to what it is that you're trying to upsell quote unquote later, okay, and you constantly sprinkle that through and when you – we talked earlier about energizing. When you do – you can do a special Q&A session after lunch based on this particular topic. You know, who here – you know, that we talked a little bit about, um, say, Adam wanted to know a little bit more about masterminds. So Adam gets up on, uh, on the mic and asks about it. You know, what is this about? What is that about? And And you talk about it. Or you have someone that comes up and does – uh, you know an aha moment, or you can even with those hot seat applications have someone come up to the mic and talk about um what it is that they want you know they're they're in other words, putting on a live interview asking you to to pick them as a hot seat. Tell me why you would want to, me to pick you for a hot seat. That's little sprinkles right. here and there because then it's not so much in your face you know i I've seen like what you said, people showing their houses and talking about all of the things that they get. And they miss the opportunity of exactly what it is that they can do for them. You know, yes, I get 15 minutes with you on the phone every month. Yes, I get to come to your fancy big house and spend time with you and and be one-on-one with you and learn this and that. But give me some examples of what I'm going to get from you. How are you going to help me? And, again, this is where those live testimonials come into play. And if you don't have live testimonials yet and you're just starting out with coaching, then you can give them examples on what they can get get from you by doing, again, a live hot seat with them one-on-one. Uh, you just have to sprinkle it throughout, and that way it's not so much in your face.
0: Right. Right. And I I like the way you you put that. So this is really great. I mean, I love the topic of this interview, and we're already at three quarters of the hour. And we could probably keep talking about this pretty much all day. And I could continue to pick your mind all day. But I really just have two more questions. The first is, I want to revisit for a moment. We spoke about how if you want to do the pricing model in terms of the thing where they pay $97, the to show up, and they get the money back as long as they appear. And we recommend that for once you have an established following and you already have some traction doing these types of things. What are some things to think about in terms of pricing the event? Because that's another really big thing, along with what's the upsell, it's what's the price. How do you determine what the market will bear so that you can price these appropriately?
1: That's a great question. And it's ar and it's not the easiest question to answer because it really has to go back to what your customer base is used to from you um for call example, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for example um uh, let's take um you know Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher, for example, in the internet industry. A lot right. of what they sell online are very low dollar items. Okay, A lot of their price points are anywhere from, say, $7 up to maybe $97. You know, They have very low price points. Defi- I was going to
0: say, define low price.
1: Yeah, very low price points, anything below $100. Right. A lot of what they sell and promote online marketing is that price point. So if they right. suddenly throw out a $300, $297 price point to their list, it might not sell so well. It will be like, whoa, wait a minute. You know they they completely are turned off by it, and they don't even they don't it, it doesn't even matter if it's a golden blade egg goose you know it just it doesn't matter if they are not used to that price point they're not going to buy so it, it really has to go by what you your customers are used to and again going back to sprinkling so if this is a first event for you. Think about all of the other things that you put in front of them before. And that's why a lot of people do do that $97 refundable deposit, because they haven't had an opportunity to sell high-dollar items yet to their list to get enough interest to buying another high-dollar item. And you have to stay consistent. This is another key point that people need to realize, is when you're offering special pricing and you say, okay, this is – this is going to expire on this date, make sure that it expires on that date. And don't offer another promotion down the road that's going to beat that price because you don't want to upset your list before they even get there. You don't want to have unhappy customers before they even get into the seats. So, again, it right. goes back to what they're used to getting from you.
0: Right, right. I'd like to make uh, one or two really quick points here because um, I've seen this happen where – people really needed to fill an event and they were having a hard time doing it at the price that they originally stated. So they ended mm-hmm. up actually dropping the price during the promotion. And mm-hmm. in fact, this happened with one of my clients, and they wanted to drop the price by, I think, 40 or 50%. And I said, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Drop the price that you are refunding the difference right. to those people who have already registered, right? And they said, well, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm a man of integrity. That's the thing. Be a person yeah. of integrity. Be a man of, a, woman, a man of integrity, a woman of integrity. So if you drop the price on other people, do price matching and give the people who already paid that refund back. Don't start doing things like, well, I'm going to sort my list to make sure this person doesn't see it. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. I've been involved with online marketing for going on nine years now. And I have been behind so many of these. Well, let's sort the list to make sure that the people who have already bought don't see this or what have you. They mm-hmm. will... I'll tell you two reasons why they'll see it. Number one, because there is no way that you will ever catch the four or five different email addresses they have on your list. You just will not catch that because a couple of them will not be obvious to you. And number two, Mm -hmm. because they've already given you money, they pay more attention to you than a mere prospect does. So don't even try it. If you end up lowering the price later, give the balance of the refund back. In fact, uh, that's really a smart strategy. And if you do that proactively without making people ask, they're going to say, whoa, these people have super integrity. And, they're, and then they're going mm-hmm. to they're, they're look at the money back in their credit card and they're going to say, Chuck ching free money. Where do you think they're yep. likely to spend that money?
1: Somewhere else. Yeah,
0: it's, Yeah, that money is more likely to come back to you because they're going to say, yep. wow, they made it easy yep. for me. I'm kind of interested in what else they have for me. I mean, that, that means getting that money trust. back is yours to lose at that point.
1: Yeah, and you're building trust with them.
0: Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and you can so, also yeah, do these are, very, these are all very good points. Yeah, these are all very good points about the pricing. And, again, you are absolutely right. It is so hard to just know that 497 will work. And I think what's really cool about this mm-hmm. is that we have a – a client right now that uh, it has an event that they're promoting for 497. And what you said just kind of validates that because the standard price for their recorded courses is $497. So not only Mm -hmm. does it sound like they made a wise choice, but it sounds like they may have made one of the best choices. They are using the number that they already know their market will bear.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Right. Exactly. Sounds great. So go ahead, Sherry.
1: Another, another key point too, Adam is, is, if people really are are not sure like they don't have anything to offer in the in the beginning they can do a survey uh-huh. they can do a quick little survey to their list saying i'm this is what a new client's doing that i'm working with now who's putting on an event for the first time he did a survey And not only do you get to do a survey to get price, uh, an idea of what they'd be willing to pay, but what topics are they looking for? What's the hot thing out there that they want to learn about? And that will be a great way to get them in the seat because they're not only paying the price they want to pay, but they're coming to an event where they want to learn a certain topic they've asked for.
0: Right. Can you do that that type of survey, even if you already have the sales page up and even if an agenda is already out there?
1: Yeah, but you need to adjust the survey based on information that you don't need to ask. You know, if you've already got an agenda and a topic out there on, on your site, then don't ask, you know, what would you like to learn or, what you know, that kind of thing. You could say, we've got this going on, but what else would you like to hear? I've got room for maybe another segment or, you know, when would you like to have a networking session or would you like to have a networking session? You know, things that are not going to have you go back and change your agenda tremendously.
0: We have three minutes left, and I want to turn. Uh, I want to give you a couple minutes to tell our listeners a little bit about how they can connect with you if they want more information about this or if they need help with this topic. So take it away, Sherry.
1: Okay. Um, well, the, the, the best way to reach out to me is through my website, and that is S L S. That's Sherry L. Cherry, And on my website, it'll give uh, a brief description of all of the different service options that I have for people to choose from and invest in. As you've heard throughout the interview with Adam, I have many different uh, skills and background in helping people plan their events. So it's not just about negotiating site selections and trying to help you find the best venue for your event, but I also love to help people with the marketing of their event. Not marketing pieces, but just kind of talking and walking you through all of the planning and the logistics of the event so that we can make sure that we get as many butts and seats for you as possible. The goal of SLS is to help you find the best ROI possible, not only the ROI for you putting on your event yourself, but also investing in SLS, and that's what my number one goal is when you do want to work with me. Uh, the many different options of that I have is I can do consulting with you one-on-one, just basically taking what Adam and I talked about today and taking it a step further. I also offer three different service level packages for people to invest in, all depending on their budget as well as the size of their event. Uh, it goes from as small as the negotiator plan, where all I'm doing for you is doing a site selection contract negotiation and helping you with your food and beverage budget so that every and reviewing your invoice so that everything I've negotiated for you has been met and you're not overpaying um For things that should have been taken care of based on what I've worked out for you, the second service package is the the booklet package where I do all of that for you and I work hand in hand with you or your key staff throughout. All the way up to the event where we get on the phone, we do pre-con calls either weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. And we talk about where you are with your event. I help you with your agenda. I talk about the logistics, all the little different things that you need to make sure you take care of that you may not realize, especially when your number one goal should be focusing on the event itself and putting together your presentations and marketing to your list instead of worrying about putting the logistics together. And the third package would be me being there. So you would get everything that we talked about in package two. Plus I would be there on site, and I would be an extension of your staff. I would make sure that I am there right next to you when you get off stage, making sure you have exactly what you need, and making sure that I help make your agenda run on time. I work hand-in-hand with your AV staff and your AV crew, which I can help you find the best one for for the budget in mind. And I work with your staff, making sure that they are where they need to be and are where the speakers need help. All of those kinds of logistics behind the scenes that you don't really need to focus on because your number one goal is to be on stage and speaking and being part of the audience. So those are the different service level packages. I have uh, extra special concierge services where I can be an extension of a. It's called the speaker concierge, where if you have keynote speakers or a handful of speakers that you just don't want to, after you've already made the deal of having them come, you don't want to have to worry about all of the logistics of dealing with them after the after the event. And what that means is yeah. making sure they return your agreement to you, get the presentations, the order forms. And if you invest in me being on-site, I'm there making sure they are where they need to be. They have what they need to have to make the event happen smoothly for them as well as you. And I also help people out with their vendors and their sponsorships on two different levels. I can, you can either invest in the concierge part where I help you put together uh, different packages that you can offer to people. I have an agreement that you can send that protects you, myself, as well as the vendor and letting them know what is, they're responsible for, as well as helping with uh, booking them for you. That's another level that I can help out with. And if they want to schedule a 30-minute, no-charge discovery call with me, they can reach out to me on my website or email me at events at gmail.com.
0: Very good. And we're right at the top of the hour here. So, Sherry Sokolowski, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a great honor and a great pleasure. And this will be up on the iTunes quickly for replay for those of you who are listening live or those of you who want to catch it again on the replay. Again, visit us at businesscreatorsradioshow.com to check out this and other great episodes. This is Adam Homie. Thank you very much for being with us. Take care. Have a great day. See you next time.